Good evening. It's Saturday, January 19th, 2021, and this will be day 7 and day 8 of the Bible reading plan from Focus on the Family. I didn't have a chance to read yesterday, so I'm going to be doing both of those today. I want to start off today with a praise report from Emily Jones AIO, who commented on the last day and said that some of her prayers and some of what I've been praying for her as well have been resolved, so thank you to God for that. You can go read what she said in the comment section on that post. Um, Today, I'm going to start in the Psalms. This will be Psalms verses 49, Psalm 119, verses 49 to 64. And then the chapters I'll be reading after that are Ephesians chapter 4 to chapter 5, verse 21, and Luke chapter 22, verses 52 to 62, and John 21, verses 13 to 19. Starting in the Psalms, I noticed how the first section focused on more on the faults of others and contrasting other people who are persecuting the psalmist for his beliefs and for his um, for his reliance on God. Verse 51 is, The arrogant mock me without restraint, but I do not turn from your law. And no matter what persecution we face in this world, we need to rely on God and on his word and trust in him. This is brought up later in Ephesians, which I will get to. And in verse 53, it says, Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. And often I have found myself angry at other people who reject God's law. And I wonder how can you deny that there is a God and that there are moral laws for the for these specific reasons. And this is a problem as old as David was because he was writing this in the Psalms. And so we can take courage in the fact that we aren't the only ones who suffer this kind of, I don't know, uh, anger because of it. But We can also take peace in the fact that we know that God will eventually bring justice and that through the reading of his word and the keeping of his commandments and repentance and belief in Jesus Christ, we can be sanctified. Well, not the keeping of the the commandments, we can be sanctified, but as long as we keep his commandments and rely on him, we know that we are doing his will. So skipping ahead to the next Psalm, verse 59 of Psalm 119 in verse 59 says, I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. And interestingly, I've looked throughout the previous sections of these of Psalm 119, and this is one of the first times that I've seen it. I have seen how I have been wrong in my ways, and so therefore I'm turning from my ways. Previously, there was in verse 25, I'm laid low in the dust, And the next one, I recounted my ways and you answered me, verse 26. And this specifically stood out to me in that this describes repentance. I considered my ways and I have turned my steps to your statutes. We should always be doing this all throughout our lives, considering what we are doing and if it lines up with God's standards for us. So skipping ahead to Ephesians chapter 4. And chapter 5 up to verse 21. Chapter 4 verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And a lot of times we want to push back against others and form uh, arguments. Even, again, for me in this political climate, I want to to, to give my opinion and get into arguments just to prove that I'm right. But if I can keep the peace, and if we can keep the peace— through the unity of the spirit, because we are Christ's ambassadors in this earth. And if we, both in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ, keep the peace, then we are doing God's will. Also, later on in that section, verses, let's see, 
verse 11, it says, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, this is verse 12, so that the body of Christ may be built up, and then verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Culture places a huge emphasis on diversity and uh, celebrating our differences. But, and that's good, but to a certain extent, we can lose the idea of unity. In culture's emphasis of all beliefs are equal and it doesn't matter what you believe, we lose unity. And through Jesus Christ, is where we have true unity because although we are different in that some are pastors, some are teachers, some are evangelists, some are apostles, although we're different in that those aspects, we're all members of the body of Christ and we are all unified in our belief in him. And if we speak to each other and maintain that unity in a peaceable way, then we can be diverse in our talents, but unified in our beliefs. Another verse that stood out to me was verse 14, which mentioned that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Bringing up Satan again when he tempted Jesus, he has been doing this for thousands of years and he knows how to deceive. And the way we resist is by relying on each other in unity and understanding when people are being deceitful. There are a lot of people I've seen who have taken scripture and taken certain verses and used, uh, I think it's eisegesis, reading a certain meaning into the verses, rather exegesis, rather than taking verses like taking the meaning out of verses. Exegesis is the proper use of scripture, whereas eisegesis can be manipulated to your own benefit. And those people I've seen have said, no, no, this verse doesn't mean that. This this verse actually actually condones that rather than condemns that. And so understanding when people are being cunning and when there are deceivers who are trying to deceive and use scripture against you because you have a common faith in scripture and you believe what scripture says and for someone to use scripture against you can be a very powerful tool but to understand when that happens and rely on each other for unity and to understand what the bible actually teaches is very important and later on in that verse or the next verse verse 15 of chapter 4 it says instead speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is christ Whenever anyone comes to us with another interpretation of scripture or to try to deceive us, we need to be loving and speak the truth because we can believe that what we know to be true is true through faith in Christ. And verse 18 mentions the hardening of man's hearts and therefore leading to the ignorance that is in them and the darkening of their understanding because they're separated from the life of God. This is the Gentiles. We are Gentiles. I haven't met anyone who is a Jew, an ethnic Jew. Well, a couple people. But I don't know if there are many of you out there who are listening who are actually ethnic Jews. And it doesn't matter. I've mentioned this before, that even though we are not a part of the nation of Israel by blood, we are adopted into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ and through his sacrifice and through believing in him and repenting. And through all of that, we can be separated from the Gentiles and the pagans who do not believe. 
And those who don't believe will have their hearts hardened because they have rejected God. This, again, is also an aspect of free will. Because we can either choose God or reject God, if we reject God, then our hearts will become hardened because we have chosen, no, I don't want to follow God. And therefore, why would God continue to reach out to us? Because God won't interject into our lives. God won't interrupt us, except in some circumstances when he does. But if we have made it clear that we are rejecting God, then we have chosen our path. And I believe that God does continue to send people to try to continue to show his love. And though not everyone is lost, no one is ever truly lost. But if we close our hearts to the Bible and to God's love, then we can be sure that bad things will follow because we have done that. And therefore, we will become ignorant if we reject God. But because we do not reject God, and because we need to continually rely on him, we can receive that wisdom and maturity that comes from him. There was a verse later on that says, we should not be corrupted by deceitful desires. This is verse uh, 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. This is again a heart issue. And what we believe in our hearts eventually translates into our actions. And that, beca- and that also God cares about morality. God does care whether we are believing lies and therefore acting on lies or whether we are made new in Christ and therefore shaped by him. So while, yes, the Psalms are speaking about keeping God's laws and God's commandments, this ties in to Ephesians right here, where God cares that we are following his law because we are shaped by Christ. And the psalmist, again, doesn't have very much hope because he is left to rely fully on God's grace, even though Jesus hadn't come yet. But now that we have Jesus, we can rely on him to show us how to live a moral life. Later on in chapter 5, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. And later on, it says, No immoral, impure, or greedy person has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And this seems disheartening if you think about what you have done in your life that is immoral. Like, I have done many things like that. And it's only through Christ that I find my hope in that because he has forgiven me and given me an inheritance in the kingdom of God because my heart is changed. I don't believe that the evil things that I do are good. I believe that they are mistakes and I believe they're results of me being human and fallen and I reject them and condemn them. But these people, the immoral, the impure, and the greedy believe that what they're doing is right and what they're doing is good. Those people have to consider their heart and they must do some soul searching to see if they profess to be Christian, what are you basing your faith on? Are you believing in yourself or are you believing in Christ and being shaped by him? And this is a paradox I don't want to get into, of, at least not right now, of judging someone by his actions or by his faith or by what he says, because I have seen many people who say they're a Christian and yet do not practice good morals and yet who reject the teachings of the Bible and yet say they're Christians. And I don't know how to treat those people. But again, Back to the previous chapter, 
where it says that if there are deceivers and if there are people who preach false doctrine, go to them in truth and in love and grow into maturity. And going back to Psalms, if we are following God, he will protect us and he will separate us from those who reject God's law and those who are immoral. Verse 10 of chapter 5 says, find out what pleases the Lord. And this stood out to me in that I, in spending more time with the Lord, I should ask him continually, what can I do to please you today, Lord? And what can I do to follow your will? Will you shape my heart to be someone who will follow your will and do what pleases you? Because if we're not pleasing the Lord, we're doing something wrong. We need to always be pleasing the Lord. One way we can do that is by accepting the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and then continually, day after day, being transformed by Christ into his likeness, into more more along the lines of living the life God wants us to live. So finding out what pleases the Lord. And the last thing that stood out to me was verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This goes back to the previous chapter where it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. And the next chapter of, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. This means you can joke. The The word coarse specifically refers to something that goes against God's moral code of how we are supposed to talk. And if we are focusing on things in this world that are impure and delighting in them because of their impurity and maybe being affected by it. Like I, I watch a lot of movies and my dad and I watch movies and there are a lot of good elements that we can take out of them. But there are also a lot of terrible elements and, and bad things in those films that I look back on and think, okay, well, I don't really know if I agree with that. I definitely don't. And a lot of them, a lot of the teachings of the, the films go against the Bible. And so it's up to me and it's up to my discernment and maturity to understand is this good to be watching? Is this something I should set my mind on? Or should I put that aside and go to something more pure? Or if I focus on it, can I therefore keep the rest of my, or can I stay pure and still consume this media? And I don't know right now. It's something I'm still working through. But I do know that I'm not letting any impurity that I see and that I watch corrupt me. And I'm not letting that translate over into my pure, into my, my, uh, the rest of my life. And that's something that comes with maturity and the idea of what do you what do you set your mind on? What will then shape you? How mature are you to be able to witness to unbelievers who may also be impure themselves and may be bad influences on you? How do you deal with that? Do not be foolish is the verse, but understand what the Lord's will is. And so relying on him for everything in your life is something important. So let me turn to Luke. Uh, these verses are going to be Luke verses 53 to 60, 62. Yeah, no, 52 to 62. This is the chapter where Jesus is arrested and is being held, uh, about to be held on trial. And Peter denies the Lord three times. And in verse 61, I, it reads in the New International Version, I believe the English Standard Version as well. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And I was struck by the way that it refers to Jesus as the Lord. Previously in the chapter and in the surrounding context, it's referring to him as Jesus. But Jesus is the Lord. And by calling him the Lord here, it emphasizes that Peter has denied God and denied that he knew God. And that's why Peter weeps bitterly, because he knows what he has done. And then in John 
chapter 21, verses 13 to 19, it shows the reunion of Jesus with Peter. And Jesus asking him, do you love me unconditionally? Feed my lambs. Do you love me unconditionally? Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me as a friend? Feed my sheep. Those are the three questions that Jesus asks Peter. And Peter always answers with, you know that I love you. And this is something we can come to God with if God asks us these questions. For God will test us and ask us if we love him. And if we do, we can have faith that we do love God. One, by loving his law and loving his commandments. And two, by accepting his sacrifice that he made for us 2,000 years ago and continues to bring to fulfillment today. We can tell him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you because I have trusted in you and because I continually trust in you. And Peter's answer is, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Uh, coming to the Lord in supplication and in, in reverence and in humility saying, Lord, I am fallible. I don't know everything, but I know that you do. And I know that you know that I love you. And even though we're imperfect, we can rely on his grace to cover for our mistakes if we repent in our mistakes. And God, final thing about God's will is when Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. This might be referring to Peter's eventual execution by crucifixion, as is traditional. But in a more general sense, it refers to the fact that God has his will for every one of us. And for Peter, it was to feed his sheep. And for us too, feed his sheep, take care of his disciples, train up disciples for the Lord, and always be loving to everyone as Jesus was loving to everyone. And when Jesus says someone will lead you where you do not want to go, maybe that's God's will. Maybe that's Jesus saying, I will call you to a place you won't want to go. Like Jonah to Nineveh. I will call you there and you may not want to follow, but if you obey me, then you will be doing my will. And in our lives and in the hardship that we face, and similarly to before, when, um, I forget where it was, was it from Hebrews? Where it says that, Hardship is discipline, and God disciplines those he loves, and although discipline may seem hard, it brings about fruits, that here, if we rely on God and follow his will, then he will bring about good in our lives. And although we don't want to go there, we should do it anyway. That's, again, what Moses, uh, from Exodus, when we talked, when I talked about Moses, I don't know if I brought this up, but again, Moses was hesitant in the beginning when God called him. He didn't want to do it. He was timid. But God called him in that way, and he went there. And if you look in your own life to see where has God called you, and what has God told you he wants you to do because you love him that you're hesitant about. And I'm thinking about me in constantly pray, in my prayer that God would help my relationships and God would help resolve the fears that I have about the future. And God, knowing that I love him, what am I prepared to do if God calls me to do it? And that's a question I'll be wrestling with, I guess, for the rest of the year, for the next couple months. And in the meantime, um, let's all remember that, that if God calls us, we are to answer and we are to do what he asks us to do because his will and his outcomes are perfect. Have a good day and I'll see you tomorrow.